So this is more of an educational podcast today. I think it's a good podcast, but it's one that you really kind of need to pay attention to. This one I'm going to run without a sponsor today because I want you to get right into the content and hear what Rob has to say about cryptocurrency. And with that, Rob, tell me about your love of guns. Uh, sure. Um, I'm Rob McNeely. I'm the co-founder of Tusk, which uh, stands for the Universal Settlement Coin. Um, we are a cryptocurrency and NFT platform focused on, you know, providing censorship resistance and, you know, censorship free speech for people to, you know, do do transactions and transfer value and without being, you know, having a kill switch where someone can just shut you off for politics. Now, you mentioned NFT. Would you mind telling the audience what an NFT is? Uh, an NFT is a little acronym that stands for non-fungible token, which means nothing to most people. But it's a type of crypto token that has the added, so it has the benefit of being a token on a blockchain, you know, in this whole cryptocurrency world. But with the additional benefit of it, that there's generally some kind of physical, I'm sorry, digital connection to a media file, maybe a picture or an audio file or a video file. Um, and it allows for, it's the, the an NFT is the basically the first way to do um, basically provable ownership of a digital asset. Um, so before, so before, you know, everybody could just like take a CD and rip it and, you know, move the songs around, but you can't prove that you own them. With non-fungible tokens, you now have the ability to prove that you legitimately own a media file. Which, I mean, and that's kind of an important uh, subject to understand when you're talking crypto, because not all crypto is NFT. No, not at all. So there's lots of fungible crypto. So Tusk itself is technically fungible, meaning that one Tusk looks like another Tusk and can be exchanged one to one with another Tusk. Um, Bitcoin is fungible because you can trade Bitcoin for another Bitcoin. They don't look very different. Whereas NFTs are a pipe. Imagine if you had just had one Bitcoin, it would be completely unique from all the other Bitcoins. And that's kind of the difference. So they're usually, um, generally NFTs are much created in much smaller numbers and they're generally unique. Whereas normal fungible cryptocurrencies are not unique. Okay. Now, um, just at a 30,000 foot level, for those who don't know what cryptocurrency is, can you just give us, you know, just that quick introduction into crypto? Sure. Um, Basically, if you think about money, right, um, dollars, for instance, everybody has dollars. Most dollars are technically moved around digitally already. And that think about it from debit cards and credit cards and Venmo and PayPal. Your money is already digital, right? You're just swiping it. Um, crypto is also a type of digital money. In other words, a way to move value from one person to the next. Um, but the difference is, one, who creates it? It's not the government. Um, and it's actually, it adheres to more strict rules about monetary policy. So right now, uh, at least at the time of this recording, uh, inflation's a teensy bit of a little problem that's getting worse. <laughs> well, 
Just a little. Well, that inf- so what causes that inflation typically is that when politicians, politicians tend to be very greedy and politicians decide they're just going to print more money. And when they do it at a very fast rate, um, it devalues all the existing dollars that are in existence. So they print a bunch of money. Um, new dollars put into circulation. Now all the dollars are watered down. It's kind of like the Kool-Aid where you keep adding water and water. And now it starts to be really bitter. Well, the thing about crypto is it's a more honest form of money because it's governed by laws of open source, open source software. So what that means is that the software ha- creates the rules by how the money moves, how much of the money is created, how new money can be created. So in our case, Tusk, um, we our code, those rules are literally out there in the public that anybody can see them at any time. So everybody knows what the rules are and they know the rate at which our blockchain um, will expand and create new money and it's done in a very orderly way. Whereas when it comes to government, they can literally, politicians can just go into a back room and decide they're going to print a bunch of money. There's nothing you can do about that. And so what happens is politicians get greedy. They print a lot of money and it ruins money over time when they get too, too greedy and they just print too much money too fast and it devalues all that money. And then people lose confidence in it. So money that is done in the form of open source software, i.e. crypto, it's actually a lot more honest and trustworthy money because you don't have to hope that a politician isn't greedy or bad with monetary policy. Now, I mean, you know, talking about that whole printing more money, if we go back to uh, Germany pre-World War II, Germany mm-hmm. had a huge amount of debt from World War One, and they just decided, hey, we're just going to print more marks to pay off this debt to the point where it actually became more cost efficient to burn the money that you had to heat your your apartment or house than it was to go out and buy a loaf of bread to eat. So that's kind of where crypto kind of solves, addresses that problem, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. like, like you said, it's, you know, this is not a backroom deal, you have to get a consensus in order to have more of a crypto, uh, you know, what, what one type of currency, if it's, let's just say, a legitimate uh, cryptocurrency. Correct. So um, the blockchains, we can get really, really technical, and I wanted to keep it a 30,000 foot level. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so basically, some of the other features of crypto are blockchain technology. So blockchain is the network that cryptos ride on call that. I always tell people that all a blockchain is is a very slow and transparent database. So if you take the word blockchain and just say in your mind, it's a database, but it's a database that everybody can see. It's a database that's run by different people all agreeing on transactions. And so and we call that being decentralized. And the difference between certain blockchains and say normal money is that there's not a way for most blockchains to shut your account down or to freeze your accounts. Like we've seen that in Canada now, we've seen that with Russia now, is that when the politicians decide they don't like you, they can just cut you off from the system. Well, crypto, they can't. Because for instance, like in our blockchain, independent people can set up a server in our network to be what we call a block producer. 
And those block producer nodes are the ones that have to talk to each other. But there's block producer nodes for Tusk all over the world. And there's no kill switch in Tusk. We don't have the ability. So once we launch the software, I don't have any control over it. The, the, the decision making on our blockchain is done via voting, via community group. So if we want to change something, the community has to vote on it. So if with our blockchain, not all blockchains, but with the Tusk blockchain, if you bought Tusk, not only do you have the value of that Tusk that you're holding, but you also get voting rights with that. So because when you get that Tusk, you actually become part of our community. And now you have skin in the game, you have stake, and you can help actually decide what happens to the community. Um, and so that's what's different compared to normal money. And so it's not some politician just making decisions that can destroy your livelihood. I mean, I'm seeing numbers right now, and I, I pay a little bit of attention to the economy, probably more so than a lot of people, but I look at this stuff every day. And the real, like they're, the government's admitting it's more than 7% inflation, but I can tell you, I mean, fuel's doubled since last year in a lot of places. Um, we're talking about the price of you know food has gone up with 30, 40% in the last three years. And this is not an accident. This is bad policy. This is bad decision-making. It's about irresponsible politicians doing this. They broke it. Okay, you can't blame this on Russia. This is, Russia's just gonna be like another trigger um, to make things worse. But the fact is, our politicians screwed us by printing lots of money. And because they can just do that anytime they want to. Well, with crypto and blockchain, we don't have that power to do that. We don't have the power. Well, I mean, and that's where kind of your talk about the whole uh, thing of the, the politicians screw us. I mean, not going in too deep, but I mean, that's kind of the idea, though. They're going to make everybody rich because they're going to inflate everything, but it actually makes you poorer. Right. Correct. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, if we take, I don't know, we'll take a, a salary from the 50s and take that exact same job to today, they're making four, five, six times the amount that they did in the 50s. But if you look at the price of goods, they also went up the exact same amount. They went up so even more. They went even, yeah, so, exactly. They went even more. So now you have even less. So that's kind of what's nice about the crypto is that someone just, you know, like you were saying, someone just can't come in and go, hey, you know, suddenly, you know, Rob, Rob goes in there and says, hey, we're going to have four times the amount of Tusk. It doesn't work that way. It doesn't. I don't have that power, even if I wanted to. And it's just like we also don't have a kill switch. Like we can't shut your account down um, if we wanted to. I mean, um, so if we wanted to do like, you know, you set up an account and, um, you know, I'm the rogue banshee and I'm going to do really, really bad things with my account. Right. I'm going to be an evil, bad actor. And I'll say, hey, I don't really like that rogue banshee account. Let's let's just shut that down. I don't have the ability to do it. There's no kill switch in the software to do it. Well, and you can take that even a step further. It's it's maybe that rogue banshee is not a bad actor but we don't like that he buys guns so we're going to kill the transaction for a single item or a classification of items like i mean it, if we look at Can uh, canada sorry <laughs> california same I thing mean, 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. You go into California, they're actively telling banks to not allow people to buy 80%, 80% receivers and stuff like that. They're, they're, they're saying they're, they're trying for sure. They're trying. And, you know, they're encouraging the banks to do this. Um, if we go into um, large national banks, they've actually closed accounts for gun manufacturers. We're not talking about evil companies. We're talking about huge companies that have legitimate, you know, I don't want to say legitimate, that's a bad word, but that, you know, they are lawful, 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 lawful business. They're not breaking any laws. They're not, you know, doing anything illegal. They're not doing anything shady. They make a product and sell it. And then some bank goes, I don't like that. You can't, we're closing your account on you. And it's or, happened a lot. Um, I've heard so many sob stories over the last couple of years that we've been kind of in the space. And it's sad. And there's national banks that won't even give you a checking account if you're in a, like, you know, federally regulated FFL. You can't yeah. use any third party payment situations like, you know, PayPal or Square or Stripe or Cash App or any of those. Venmo, can't use any of them if you're a gun dealer. It's in the terms of service. It's funny you bring that up because, you know, I was in FFL for 10 years. Um, my checking account is on a local bank, um, you know, because they don't have a problem with that. I mean, I'm in Montana. We, we like guns in Montana. You know, a local bank, they don't have a problem with that. But then when I go into an online transaction, if I'm going to go sell a gun on Gunbroker or any of the auction places, my problem becomes how do we transfer that money back and forth? Because like you said, PayPal, no. I mean, it, you know, people were going around PayPal going, you know, this is a, you know, $500 pizza, right? And, and stuff like that. They eventually figure it out, right? Um, but that's where cryptos solve those problems because, again, you don't know what that transaction is. You just know that we're moving money from this person to this person it's being put into that database, um, which is the blockchain. And then that blockchain is being replicated and witnessed. So that way people know, you know, multiple nodes say, yes, this actually did happen. Correct. Right. Yeah. And that's the consensus mechanism or one of the consensus mechanisms. Whereas, um, so a blockchain is, you know, a database. It's got a permanent record and it's publicly viewable. It's transparent. And so you don't necessarily know whose accounts are whose because they're considered pseudo-anonymous. So you can make up an account to be anything you want. You could have a rogue Banji account. You could have your name as an account. Um, you could have a string of letters as an account. doesn't matter on our blockchain. And different blockchains are different on this, right? To understand like Bitcoin's different and, and the other cryptos are a little different. We're, every crypto project is a little different because they, they run on different types of blockchains. Um, we don't need to get too crazy on that. But, but the idea is that there's no AML KYC, for instance, because we're not, you know, we're not, in charge of your wallets you control your own coins tusk is just a is just a blockchain we're just this database and so you're responsible for your account we don't issue you an account you anybody can there's no um 
you don't have to ask permission to set up an account because it's just kind of part of how the blockchain works. Anybody can set up an account. We don't have the ability to stop you to do it, to be honest. And so that's just kind of how it works. And then uh, when a transaction moves around the blockchain, I always like to think of it as a ring, right? And you get so many people in this ring, once that transaction goes around the ring, it's made solid. It, then there's consensus is reached, and that means a certain number of computers have agreed to that transaction. It's made part of the permanent record. And then you can go all the way back to the beginning of the blockchain and see where everything went. This is what I always tell people. You know, you know, crypto's got a bad rep for being, you know, the government's kind of pushed this out there. But they're like, oh, it's used for crime and money laundering and all this stuff. Yeah. I'm like, no. Dude, it's too easy to track transactions on a blockchain. You actually, if you want to do nefarious shit or bad shit, do not use crypto. Use dollars. Use paper dollars. That's the best way to do illegal stuff. Well, Cash. And, and, and that's the whole thing is, you know, people got into, you know, we're going to use Bitcoin because it's, you know, it, it's private and it's dark web and stuff like that. But yet man, the IRS seems to find that money every time. So here's the thing, like, and there are different types of blockchains and some that specialize in doing private transactions. And the U.S. government really hates those those blockchains, by the way. Um, in fact, those blockchains aren't even allowed to be traded on American crypto exchanges. They're, they're that verboten. Um, but yeah, especially Bitcoin and even Tusk um, were, were not anonymous. Um, we're pseudonymous or pseudo-anonymous, meaning that I don't know who you set up an account. I don't know who you are, but the transactions are visible to everybody. Right. And, and they can, and people in the government have created tools to be able to try to track down those wallets. And then they use just their normal detective skills and try to see, oh, this wallet was used for this transaction. Where does it go? And then they'll see, oh, well, we're going to look at these earlier transactions, see where did those go? And, and they just do normal detective work and put it together. It's just, you know, open source Intel. Um, and yeah, if you want to do bad stuff, I do not recommend you use crypto for it. Use dollars. That's so, what they're, that's what those are for. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's, I mean, really, if you're going to do something, um, you know, like you said, if you're going to do something nefarious, the blockchain, like we were talking about, you have witnesses before that mm -hmm. ledger. You have other people that literally saw the transaction. Whereas if, you know, Rob, you're standing right in front of me and, um, you know, no one's around and I hand you a dollar bill. There's no witness. No one knows that no. actual transaction happened. I mean, that's almost like going to a restaurant, buying your food, giving them a credit card, but leaving the tip cash. Right. Correct. It's the exact same yeah. thing. You know, it, the cash is less likely to be tracked. Now, the government assumes that somebody's getting a cash tip and then they tax waiters and waitresses accordingly. But but yeah, in ideal world, when you do cash transactions, they're not tracked. The government doesn't know that. And that's why there's all sorts of rules about how much cash you can like move around in and out of banks and things like that for that same reason. Um, but yeah, but crypto isn't. You know, crypto isn't like this panacea for crime. It's nonsense. And I saw a study not too long ago that only like 2% of Bitcoins that are out there have actually been used in a crime that they can trace. So if you look at the number of dollars that have been used in crime, it's like way more. So yeah. this is so right now it's like we call it FUD, right? Fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So the government 
is our government has a right to be afraid of crypto and not but not for the reason you think right is that I believe, you know, based on, you know, we talked about this a little bit already is that the government's been killing the dollar by mismanagement. And the, here's the problem is that we our our dollars are worthless. There I mean there's so much debt. I mean the the I've heard numbers that the government's in hundreds of trillions of dollars in debt and with debt obligations and things and when people stop taking our our, our IOUs, right? That's all a dollar is. It's an IOU. And when they stop doing that, meaning that when the government loses its reserve currency status or when, let's just say, oil starts being, I don't know, transferred in rubles or, you know, you know yuan or well, Russia, Russia and, and China, they're not transferring in dollars anywhere. They stopped doing that five or six years ago. Right. Um, and and here's the thing. This is this goes back to why I think the way they're sanctioning Russia is actually going to backfire and hurt the West a lot more because you're going to be pushing people into cryptos and, and I don't know what cryptos it would be, but you're going to be pushing people into decentralized systems that are uncensorable. And, and so even though in the West, we haven't really had mass adoption of crypto or even social media that's based on so, you know, the social media that's also based on blockchains. And we haven't had much of that, but the thing is that the way Russia is being sanctioned, I think what's going to happen is they're going to drive adoption of these technologies now, which, because they didn't have a driver for it. But now people are starting to think between the stuff going on in Canada with the, the Canadian truckers and they were shutting down all their bank accounts. That's going to move people into crypto. They're shutting down people's social media accounts. That's going to put people into crypto. So, but I think ultimately there's never been an obvious replacement for dollars. So if you think about it, the dollar is like weak, right? Because they keep printing so much. But the whole world's economy runs on dollars. So, and there's not really a good second, there's not a really good second fiddle to that. There's not a second base out there. There's not a currency that's in circulation that, you know, holds a candle to dollars, at least as far as adoption goes. And I think what's going to end up happening and why the U.S. government's really concerned is that at some point, if there's an alternative that has a big enough market cap, people are going to start pushing their other sovereign funds into crypto. Um, you've already seen that down in, you've already seen multiple countries starting to look at legal tender, making Bitcoin legal tender. Um, I just heard that Mexico is considering it now too. I heard that today. Oh, wow. Now, by the way, that's that's not the same thing as, as El Salvador. The Mexican right. economy is huge. Yeah. El Salvador is a tiny, little, tiny, 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 tiny little country. Mexico's economy is not small. It's huge. And if they make Bitcoin legal tender, that changes the game. And and so I think this is coming. People want off the dollar. And I think why the government fears that is that if enough people start having confidence or more confidence in Bitcoin than they do in the U.S. dollar, it's going to people are going to stop taking IOUs well, in U.S. It's, dollars. It's going to collapse the system. I, mean, I think it could. Yeah, it's going to collapse the system that they're that they've been rigging the game for so long. Well, that's the that's what I want to point out though is that it's not that Bitcoin is doing something wrong. It, no. It's the fact is the politicians managing the dollar have been doing something wrong, and so they've ruined it. Let's just call it what it is. They've ruined our dollars yeah. from mismanagement, and and Bitcoin is and crypto like Tusk are better managed. 
<laughs> they're more honest. And so people are naturally going to want to go to something that one is more honest, one, two, that's better managed, but three, they can't just shut it down whenever they want to and shut your account off. And the government hates those things because they have a lot of power, as we see, in controlling people by shutting their accounts down. Well, okay, so um, Wednesday, all right? So uh, Wednesday this week, uh, Joe Biden signed an executive order to start looking at cryptocurrency for the U.S. dollar. Mm -hmm. um, do you think that that's just because he realizes that people think are starting to turn on the crypto and they think it's the cool thing, so the U.S. economy is going to have to go to the newest cool thing? Or do you think it's so that way they got a whole new game that they can rig? Well, I think it's like this. I, I think ultimately... I don't know what their intentions are right? because I'm not in their brains, so I can't speak to their motives. My theory is, though, if I was a scared politician that knew something about economic and dollar policy, one, if the honest people in the room will say the dollar's dead and we got to have a backup plan and creating a digital dollar or what we call central bank digital currency is what they call it. Um, it's not really blockchain. It's not. Well, it might be blockchain, but it's not crypto. It's not decentralized right. because all it is is a new type of digital dollar that they can shut your account down. But here's the thing. This is actually insidious. And it's insidious because they now can just decide that no gun store is going to be able to have this uh, transaction. And by the way, I also I also think that Visa is going to be doing that anyway. So I don't know if you saw like last July, last June, PayPal donated a tremendous amount of money, millions of dollars, to the Anti-Defamation League to figure out ways to cut off financing to hate and terrorism. Yeah. So this is important. And it just it didn't get a lot of press, but I'll tell you what I think is going to happen. Um, if you look at and read through the ADL's website, it's, it's their radical left, okay, as an organization. They're not just about you know, trying to fight you know, lynchings and things. They're literally crazy. But if you look at what their definition of hate is, it's like being a Republican. Yeah. Right? I mean, if you if you just go through their website, it's it's full of things that maybe a conservative might not like. Okay? It's a lot of transgender stuff. It's a lot of you name it. Um, and so it's a lot of CRT. So they basically say if you oppose CRT, you're a hate group. You know, it's that kind of stuff. But when, but what happens is, and this is, I believe, what's going to happen is they're trying to create a financial no-fly list, much like the TSA has. And here's the, the problem with that. And I think, here's the thing, you already can't use PayPal if yeah. you're a gun dealer. Yep. So what are they trying to figure out? Yeah. No, well, and why are they, and, and, and this is my problem. They're going to get, this is what, this is Rob's prediction. Okay. Maybe we talk in two years, we'll regroup on this. Let's just remind ourselves. Rob said this now, I think they're going to create a financial no fly list. They're going to put individuals and industries and companies on that list. And they're just going to make, and I think ADL is going to be driving the hate list and they're going to upload it to MasterCard and Visa and everybody else. And then if you're on that list, you either can't get a card or you can't process transactions. And I think that's coming. And if you and this is why I'm I'm look, I don't care if it's Tusk or Bitcoin or another crypto at this point. 
we need to get people using crypto and get off dollars. Because if we don't get that infrastructure, if we don't get people comfortable with using crypto before these things land, it's going to be a financial surveillance hellscape. And look, yeah. I want I want Tusk to be successful, but there's coins that are older that have you know more reach out there. And to me, look, I just think for the good of mankind, we need these technology and these tools to combat what's coming. Because once the dollar goes belly up, and they for what I think is going to happen is the dollar is going to go belly up, and inflate to a stupid amount, and they're going to say, look, um, the only way we could fix this is you got to use this new you know central bank digital currency. And and by the way, we need to dox you. It's attached to your social security number, and that's your digital wallet. So you have to have your digital, you know, your social security number attached to every transaction. That's what they're going to do, folks. And guess what? Oh, if you want your oh, you want your social security? Yeah, it's in this. So it's now using this new digital dollar. Oh, you want your tax return? You want your EBT money? It's all going to come through that. That's how they're going to ram it down our throats. And if that's the way you do transactions, every transaction you have from now on or for whenever they launch that will be completely tracked and completely controlled, and they'll shut you off whenever the hell they want to. And so, well, folks, it, it, <laughs> it, it gives them a perfect, uh, like, like you were saying, it gives, it gives them the perfect thing for uh, perfect time to do two things. One, rebase the currency because mm -hmm. they screwed it up so bad. And to completely control you. Correct. I mean, and that, all, that's and just the way it's going to be. So back to the social media. We talked a little bit about that, right? Yeah. And so, yeah. like I said, look, the answer to Silicon Valley and left-wing Twitter is not making a shittier right-wing version of it. No. That's not no. the answer. No. If there's a kill switch on a platform, it will be used, whether they intend to or they're forced to, the kill switch will be used. And so the future to fight that left-wing censorship or the potential for right-wing censorship is decentralized technologies don't, don't have a kill switch, whether it be for a social media account or for a financial transaction, is there's gotta be no kill switches. Because if there's a kill switch, somebody will be pressured to use it at some point. Absolutely. It's just, it's gonna happen. I mean, uh, you know, we were talking a little bit offline before we started. Um, and I know I kind of, we, we got into a great conversation. I'm like, wait, hold on a second. We're going to get to this in the podcast. But I mean, we were talking about, um, you know, I'm a content creator. Um, I have a YouTube channel. There are things I can do and things I can't do on YouTube, just like PayPal, right? Um, can't buy a gun with PayPal. Uh, I can do gun content, but I can't do all gun content. So they'll, they'll shut it down, take your channel away and stuff like that. Go to another platform. They could do the same thing. There are other, there are video platforms. Um, like we were talking about, um, uh, Odyssey. And then even if we go farther back, there's, you know, uh, steam and, uh, D tube and all, you know, all those even older ones, they're all built on blockchain, which is kind of an important concept to understand about crypto is that that blockchain is not just for cryptocurrency. It can be used for anything actually. Mm. Yeah, I think right? so. And, and just a little point of note, like the underlying blockchain of Tusk is very similar to the underlying blockchain of steam. In fact, they were written by the same coder. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. That's funny. In fact, so, uh, yeah. So now with, 
all these other cryptos that are out there. I mean, they're, they're, God, there's so many, you can't even keep track of them anymore. There's a lot. Why, why come up with Tusk? So we started about four years ago and the landscape is a little different four years ago. It wasn't as, believe it or not, it wasn't that politically charged like it is today. Right. Um, so the, the bottom line is we, we looked at the, the kind of the crypto landscape and you know, looked at the big dog at the time was Bitcoin still is, but there weren't as many cryptos out there four years ago, by the way. Um, and so we just said, look, how do we get adoption for crypto? Because even back then, and when we just kind of said, look, no one in the crypto world is trying to actually get adoption. Everybody was just kind of creating these projects so they can make a bunch of money. And so we said, look, we want to get people to actually use crypto because the, the reality is there are certain industries that do have a recognized problem of payments. Um, but they're distasteful to everybody, right? So, or somebody. So, I mean, you look at industries like cannabis and gambling and pornography and payday lenders and pawn shops and MLM and you know all these things, they all have the same problem as guns. But we said, if you want to get adoption, you probably got to start with one of those industries because they're the ones that have a problem. And then of all those industries, I already had a business before in the gun space um, and I'm a gun nerd and it's a $50 billion industry. And of all those distasteful industries I just listed, it's the only one that's really constitutionally protected. And so yeah. we said, that's a good place to start. Let's start with that one. Um, and, and we've been kind of like talking to the industry. Um, we actually started out as a token on another blockchain and, and we did some restructuring. So we started, we kind of launched our blockchain once we swapped about two and a half years ago. And we've been talking to the, the gun industry for that amount of time. And we're talking to some big players now in the space, but in, it's just like anything else, when you're actually trying to get adoption over just trying to hype a coin price, right? right. It's actually a lot more work because you got to build relationships and you got to spend time and big companies are very risk adverse. And I can tell you gun companies and related are very, not only risk adverse, but they're suspicious, right? They're, especially with yep. new technology, they tend to lag a little bit with adoption of new technology. And so we're just like been hustling for the last couple of years. And now it's like, we're starting to get some traction and people are like showing real interest in this. And they're seeing, yeah, this whole, the handwriting. And I just tell people, look, the handwriting's on the wall. And, and you know, I appreciate being on your show. And I talk to a lot of gun influencers as well and content creators. And some of them are getting it and some of people are not. Like I tell people, look, I know you love your YouTube channel, but the fact is, in my opinion, it's only a matter of time before you're completely off that channel. YouTube is run by people that hate us. They they philosophically hate us. And if you're there, they're there because they're tolerating you and you're making some money for them. But it's just a matter of time before you're that's, gone. And that's kind of the big thing right there is we're making money for them. So if we go through uh, the first adpocalypse, which was funny because I decided that, that I was going to have a YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to do videos like that. And before I launched my first video, the adpocalypse went through, um, demonetized the content, stuff like that. YouTube will kind of put up with you as long as the advertisers will put up with you. Correct. If the advertisers decide that they don't want to put up with you, that industry is gone. Correct. It, I mean, and, it, you're done. And the, and, yeah. and the handwriting's on the wall to me. And you've heard it here before. And I tell other content creators, look, I'm not saying drop YouTube, but you got to make a living. You got to eat. But you need to start cross-posting and building your audiences on other places. 
that are blockchain based. And 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 I'm not trying to say that the people behind Rumble or Getter or any of these other sites are bad. I'm saying is there's a kill switch. And if yep. the kill switch is there, it'll be used at some point. Because those people could even if they have good intentions, they might be forced or coerced at some point to use that kill switch or dox you or what have you. And so I'm saying is just build your footprint on other platforms that are blockchain-based like Mines and Odyssey and some of these others, even Gab, Steam, which is now Hive. Use Hive. Yeah. Hive. And guess what? Start start pushing your content to those platforms because they're not going to shut it down. At least yeah. you have a backup plan. And that's what I tell people in the gun industry. Look, we're, Tusk is a newer coin, right? So we don't have a lot of volume on exchange because we haven't been pumping it. We're not trying to like make it an investment. We've never said that. And and part of the volume is just a growth thing. We're just early stage, earlier stage. And I tell and I tell what I tell retailers is this. It's like I don't expect you're going to get a lot of transactions in Tusk in the beginning anyway. But here, just set up a free payment gateway. Set up a free account. It's a free insurance policy against the banking or being deplatformed financially. Here's the, here's the benefit. Tusk, and just look at it on the merits. There's 0% transaction fees for retailers. The buyers pay the transaction fees, and it's only about a penny to pay any amount in Tusk. And there's no transaction fees. And we run on an energy efficient and green blockchain. And there's no chargebacks, <laughs> and um, it's not. And we're run by people that don't hate you. Um, and so, it's a free insurance policy. Put it up there; it doesn't hurt. We have free gate. There's free payment gateways out there that you could set up to accept Tusk. Let me know. We'll tweet it out and let people know that you're willing to take it. We'll put you on our website if you want to take Tusk. But the reality is, it's free infrastructure. It's free. It's a free heart. It's just a free insurance policy. Set it up for that. Get well, it out anything, there. If anything, uh, I mean, if you talk to any financial expert or depending on what your philosophy is, expert, uh, uh, financial liar, everyone will tell you to diversify, right? You mm -hmm. don't put everything into one thing. So if you have a free infrastructure, it, really, it's only costing you your time at that point. And Correct. if someone comes in and pays for it, you know, wants to pay. I mean, let's face it, you know, as a retailer, um, back when I had back when I had my FFL, I decided mine was going to be cash only because I was sick of paying credit card fees. And I was sick of, well, getting a payment gateway because, you know, I'm a risky, um, you know, category because I deal with guns, even though I, I don't see how I'm risky because I have. ATF agents to come and inspect my books, right? Right. Um, I mean, I'm a, I'm not risky. I'm just regulated, just like every other regulated industry. But yet, I have to pay a higher fee to to take that credit card, and who's paying that anyway? I'm not paying it. The customer's going to pay it because I'm going to recover those fees. So all you're doing is, if you're a retailer, you're just taking that burden, moving to the customer. And they're just being really kind of open about it at that point. And even then, it's cheaper for them to do, to do, you know, your gateway. Well, like, and here's the thing. Like, and, and I agree with you. Like, I, my wife and I at one point owned a liquor store. We had a liquor license, right? And we had no problem getting a merchant account. And I would tell you that owning a liquor store is way more high risk than being a gun dealer. 
the chances of someone doing something nefarious with your guns is very rare because gun-related crime is very low compared, especially lawfully purchased guns. Um, but people get in trouble all the time with liquor and alcohol. Um, the kids are always trying to use fake IDs. And, and so, and dude, we never, we never once, we owned the store for a year. It was, a, it was an investment we flipped. And, and I can tell you we never got inspected by any alcohol people or anything like that. We never had any complaints either because we were good. We were honest people. We followed the rules. But they didn't care. Like, we had no inspections, but alcohol, I mean, you look at the number of drunk driving deaths out there and things like that. And alcohols, and look at the rates of domestic violence around alcohol. It's way worse. And then there was nothing, no oversight. No one really cared. And so this is the ludicrousness. And you can't even get a bank account? Man, if I had federal regulators up my tail being an FFL, I mean, that's just crazy. But it's like the the level of... Um, intolerance especially by atf regulators is getting worse and worse from what i'm being told um and so it's like people don't understand it's like one of the safest industries ever <laughs> and, yeah. and they're treated like they're pariahs like you know feeding pornography and pills to three-year-olds or something it's it's, it's yeah. crazy <laughs> exactly i mean um it's it's crazy about some of these industries and and where we think i mean guns are Consider it a sin. So is alcohol and stuff like that. It just depends on what political views you have. Depends on what you think it is. But yet, um, they try to control. Yeah, they can try to control those things more and more and more and more. And the tighter they squeeze, the harder the harder it is for people to deal with it. Because if, as a retailer, I've got to deal with that. If the regulators are taking up my time doing this, that, and the other. Well, I got to raise my rates to make up for that time that I spent because my time's not free. Um, your time's not free as a business owner. So, and that's why I, I, I say about the gateway, uh, your gateway, like you were saying, it's free. Do it. If yeah. someone has Tusk and they want to pay for it, awesome. You know what? You're, you're into the game at that point. And this you're, is what I say. It's like, okay, so you sell, you sell one gun. But now here's the thing, you now become part of the community. You now get to help vote and shape this this new type of money that, you know, supports your industry. And you get a say in that. And we are not going you know, this is what I think. It's like and I want so this is what I think. I want everybody to do well. If if, if you are supporting them, if you're a supporting member of the community and you're involved, hey, take, you know, take some leadership you know, start, start, you know, coming to our, our group and community meetings and getting involved in, in our own monetary policy. Tell us what kind of features you'd like to see in our blockchain. That's where the NFT thing came from and why we built, we upgraded our network last fall for NFT capabilities. And we're now um, in the process of bringing on a bunch of new developers to build a bunch of new cool tools for the project. And uh, NFTs expand our capability tremendously. And there's a lot of future opportunity and potentials with that. And so look, you you come on, you have some Tusk now, and now you get to vote on these things. You get to say, hey, I'm, I'm interested. I believe in Tusk. These are the things I'd like to see the blockchain do at some point. And, and we can do that. And, and you can't do that with dollars. You have no say in what the politicians and bankers are. Just this, Let's just be honest. They're stealing from us. Printing that money and devaluating the dollar, creating this inflation is a form of theft.
Okay, they're stealing our value, our lifeblood, our retirements. Tusk can't do that to you. They can, and they are actively doing it to us right now, and it's going to get worse. What else do you got? And I just tell her like this, okay, maybe you think this crypto stuff is weird. Maybe it's complicated. It is. Maybe it's boring. It sometimes is. But what else you got? Yeah. If your merchant services cuts you off, what else do you have right now? Yeah, it's, you know, I'm going to bring up, I want to bring something up here real quick. Um, you know, everybody's, everybody hears, you know, Bitcoin is, you know, $45,000 of Bitcoin and 35000 And, you know, yes, you can get some, you know, it's cheaper if you buy a par portion of it and things like that. Um, this is what I want to bring up share. So Tusk, I mean, you're, you're a relatively new uh, coin. It's not expensive to get into your coin right now, right? No. I mean, no. This is the chart, and it looks really awful on the screen. I'm sorry, but it, it, it is awful looking. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fraction of a penny for one. Oh, tusk. dude, it's like like tenth. It's like thousands of a penny yeah. for one tusk. I mean, and that's um, just you know that's just kind of the um, the thing is is this is the time to get in, right? I mean, you know, we always say buy low and sell high. So I, I don't make predictions about price because I sure. I don't you talk can. about trading and, and there, there's reasons why I, I don't get into that. Um, I, I will say I think we have a lot of potential with the project. And I can tell you I've been working four years on this and I'm not stopping. And I will say that I think the future looks really good for us. And, and what I mean by that is I'm focused on value. I'm focused on solving problems with crypto and NFT technology. And we're going to keep working on that. And I think, you know, if we keep doing that and we keep creating value and more people see that we're creating value, I think the long-term price and volume, I think that will reflect that. But I, I have no idea what that will be. Well, you know, we were talking about, you know, back before I said why, you know, you, you created Tusk um, and, you know, why, why create Tusk? One of the things... Um, that I always thought was interesting about Tusk is the speed of the transaction. Your your speeds are fast, correct? Correct. So so in crypto world, we call it the block time, right? So the block time is every time uh, new transactions go, basically when a block gets validated, two things happen. One, new coins are created and transactions are confirmed and made perma a permanent part of the permanent record of the blockchain. So we call that a block time. So in our block time, it's three seconds. And our average confirmation time is about a second and a half. So we're about as we're faster than Visa when it comes to approving or, or val we don't call it approving. It's validating a transaction. Um, Bitcoin, meaning the fastest of Bitcoin, the fastest a Bitcoin transaction can be validated as 10 minutes. Um, and that's a and extra. And that's if you pay extra and the network congestion. So um, the difference also between like Bitcoin and Tusk, by the way, I don't think we're a competitor with um, Bitcoin. We see and the Bitcoin community calls themselves digital gold. I'm saying is we're, we're trying to be crypto Venmo. They're trying to be digital gold. 
Okay, great. Be gold. Be gold. Okay, I don't have an issue with it. I like gold myself. I, and by the way, I'm not anti-gold or silver either. I like precious metals as well. And, and I view crypto as a complement to precious metals. As a prepper kind of person uh, myself, I see there's pros and cons to different situations where you might want both, for instance. Um, and, and I think having cash is important, too. Like, you know, every time the hurricanes come, right, the ATM, the electricity goes out and you can't get money out of the ATM. And they can't process credit cards. So, you know, that's why I say it's like good to have money in the bank, but it's good to have cash on hand just in case some bad yeah. stuff happens. So all those different ways to purchase things are are really complementary, right? They deal with different things. So for instance, okay, right now we see in the Ukraine, and I hope to God we never have to deal with this in the United States, right? But um, we've we've never really we haven't seen it in, in in European countries before. Like we've been seeing these refugee problems, you know, maybe coming from Africa or the Middle East. Well, guess what? Now we're seeing it with millions of people that look like you and me. And and I do think there's a distinction. People are very sympathetic to the what's going on in the Ukraine right now, but it's because they look like us. Brown people don't look like us as much. So it's like our people in the Middle East don't look like us. They don't dress like us. People in Africa don't look like us. They don't dress like us. Europeans do. And I think I think that's part of the reason why people are really, really more, you know, concerned about the Ukraine than, say, Afghanistan or Iraq, right? We didn't have this kind of outpouring and, and, and stuff for the refugees coming out of there. But no. if, let's just say you're a refugee, okay? Let's say you're displaced. We're seeing it right now. We're seeing highly educated Normally fairly prosperous, you know, first and second world country in Europe, very highly educated kind of country. People that have a middle class are now refugees and a mil more than a million of them. Well, here's the problem when you're a refugee. You lose all your stuff. Yeah. Yep. Typically, you lose all your stuff. You either get robbed, you get stolen, it, you lose it along the way. Well, guess what? Your crypto is always on the blockchain. And even if you lose your, if you, there's different types of crypto wallets, but if you memorize your original seed phrase yep. and you keep it safe, you can cross a border, <laughs> download a new wallet, log in, and you have your crypto. And, and, it's, and, and that's, that's a great thing to bring up because, um, you know, when I first started learning about crypto and learning about wallets and stuff like that is, um, it's funny, it's through the proper community. Right. And it's it's the whole thing of, hey, look, for some reason, you need to leave the country. You know, whatever the reason is, whether the economy collapses, uh, government seizes your funds, whatever. War. War. Yeah, or, yeah, war. Remember, can you remember 15 words? Memorize 15 words and the order of it is awesome. Leave the country. Go to the other side, get onto a computer, sign into your account, wealth. type, type, type it in fifteen words. Everything is back. And here's the thing: you can't eat your gold. You can't take your yep. gold across the border. You know this is where the gold bugs is kind of fails, right? This goes back to you have your physical precious metals. Is that that goes back to if you're so precious metals are good for different things. So like, but if you end up having to be on the move. You have to be on, or you're a refugee, or you're displaced. It's not, not going to yeah, go with you. I mean, it's not. It's I mean, not going to go with you. You can lose it, or it can be stolen from you, or seized, right? Where so crypto is different in that standpoint is that it's unseasonable, depending well, no on how you handle it. What's that? Yeah. 
no one really knows it's there at that point. I mean, correct. You know, you know it's there, but whoever's at the whoever's got the you know is robbing you. They're not gonna. They're gonna give give you your cash, give me your jewelry, give me your watch, give me your phone, all that stuff. They're gonna say, give me your crypto. Well, here's the thing. Actually, this is a new problem that we've actually talked about a lot is that there's been this has actually been a problem now and i keep telling all these people um that are lefties that are getting into crypto that they need to worry about their physical security and personal security and their operational security because there's already been numerous kidnappings especially in in south america and in europe eastern europe like I think it's Ukraine and, or one of those places, right? Where they literally, people were flashing their crypto and flexing on social media. Um, and guess what? They brought, they busted in, kidnapped them, put a gun to their head and like, give me your, give me your crypto keys and we're going to transfer. So this is an issue, right? But that's, but it's just like anything else. That's what I tell people like crypto is unforgiving because you have to view it like cash. Yeah. The crypto is, is like cash. It's, money. It, it is, it's it's cash. It's not like a credit card. Remember, credit cards are debt. Yeah. Okay, understand. A credit card is debt. A debit card kind of is debt. It's an IOU when you use a debit card too, unless you cash it out. Um, but the fact is, once you have cash, crypto is like cash. You lose your keys. You've lost. It's like losing your wallet with thousands of dollars in it. And so, and you just have to learn to, there's, by the way, there's good, we call it, you know, crypto hygiene. Um, there's best practices on how to manage that so you don't get in trouble. And, and, and it is a little bit of a learning curve. But the reality is there's advantages to crypto, especially in a preparedness scenario or a crisis scenario that has some advantages. Now, it has some downside, too. People are like, well, it's not going to work. The Internet work doesn't work. Well, guess what? Your debit card doesn't either. Your credit card doesn't yeah, either. Exactly. Well, use cash. All that's Great. Use cash. What happens if your cash what happens if your cash gets becomes worthless? So, you know, this is where it's like you need a little bit of everything. That's to me. I think you need precious metals cash. I think you need a debit card for things. You need might need a credit card for an emergency, but I think you need to have crypto in that mix. Well, it goes back to um, you know, what I was saying earlier. It's diversification. You know, um, okay, always great to have cash on hand, right? I mean, if you live if you live down in Hurricane, you know, Hurricane um, I don't want to say alley, but you know, areas where hurricanes Katrina hit big problem, right? Well, there's no infrastructure. You have cash, right? You can spend cash, stuff like that. Again, it can be stolen and things like that. So you need to be careful. I mean, you get through that whole hierarchy of needs thing, right? You need to make sure that you you're addressing all this. Um, going forward now, you know, it, it, if you're a prepper, everybody you know preppers like you know gold and silver gold and silver awesome that's great gold and silver it's not a bad thing but i don't know if i'd want everything in it because quite frankly how am i going to carry thirty thousand dollars of gold or silver <laughs> it's going to be heavy carry in my pockets right um yeah okay great well i'm going to be walking down the road with you know a, a big bag and a wheelbarrow well, what's that um, that can be taken from you, you know, and I, I, I love these debates. I've had these debates with people, uh, I gold, everybody's like, I want gold. I want gold. I, I want a big block of gold. Awesome. How are you going to divide that? You know, um, 
you know, what happens when you need change? So that's kind of the problem with precious metals, right? Precious metals is more of a hedge against inflation than anything. Um, I mean, gold and silver has been currency for thousands of years. It's, it's, it's good to have it, but you need something that's divisible, um, that's easily divisible. And that's where I, uh, cash and change is great, but that's where crypto kind of comes in because, you know, if, if it, some, I buy something and it's going to be five and a half tusk, awesome. Just five and a half tusk come out of my account, right? Correct. So, and uh, go ahead. yeah, and I think, yeah, and ultimately it's like, all right, and, and, and we're going to insert what happens if the lights go out? Okay, well, okay, well, yeah, here's the thing about natural disasters. Natural disasters tend to be regional and yep. temporary in nature. Yes. And so understand that temporary and regional. And even if you're, you know, if you're down like in, you know, Texas or Louisiana during like a hurricane, you, a lot of times you drive 60 miles inland or north, there's no problem or a hundred miles up. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's, it's regional. Yeah, it's, it's localized. localized. And, and so it's like, okay, so for those situations, you know, there are other things you do for the short term immediate. So like, okay, so let's just say you're stuck, right? And you're in a situation where, you know, you need to go from Baton Rouge up somewhere north, right? You know, okay, and the lights are out and the power's out. Well, make sure you have some spare gas, right? Make sure you have some water and and make sure you some, have some cash because you might have to pay someone in cash or trade something to get some gas, okay? Well, but then when you get to where you want to be, you now can still have access to your crypto or what have you. And I think this is where people like a lot of times they like, they want their only believe their one thing. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. And so I used to work for a bank for five years. I worked for a bank, um, did cybersecurity at, at a bank and it was a fairly large regional bank. You know, I going through some of the stuff before then I used to audit banks and oh, at least, you know, the, the well, the cybersecurity side of, of, of banks, I used to deal with the audit stuff, you know, IT controls and stuff like that. And then I was reading, uh, the board minutes of. Um, of this one bank and they were talking about their disaster recovery and they had brought someone up that went through Katrina that had a bank, a small bank down there. And it's, you know, one or uh, actually two branches. Their infrastructure was decimated. I mean, just absolutely decimated. I mean, to the point of they don't know who has what money at that point. That's where kind of coming back into this blockchain thing is awesome. If you have a disaster, I'm, I'm going to use where I'm at. I'm in Helena, Montana. The most likely thing to happen here is going to be an earthquake. Earthquakes are going to, you know, it, it's going to happen. I mean, we've had earthquakes and tremors and stuff like that. But again, it's going to affect right here. Uh, I go on the other side of the uh, Rocky Mountain front there. It's, they're not going to be affected by it. I'll go get, you know, I can go get my money. I can go get my crypto and stuff like that. Um, even now, like let's just say there is a, an earthquake. Uh, where my house is, it's tough to get internet here. I've got Starlink now. <laughs> I'm beaming up to space and coming back down. And I'm coming out in Seattle. 
all my friends are joking around like if if for some reason there is an earthquake and there's only really two places in this town the internet comes out of actually all telecommunications come in and out of everybody's like we're coming to your house because you're gonna have infrastructure um but that's the greatest thing about that you just think about this you know like you said it's it's a disasters are regional they're typically local get out of that affected area and then resume your life um right. you're not gonna you're just not gonna carry so much uh but definitely keep diversified you know keep keep your cash because quite frankly if you're leaving that area you know a gas station has a generator they're gonna be running generator and still pumping gas gas might get really expensive but their credit card machine's not going to work here here's here's 20 bucks give me 20 bucks of gas and you can continue on um definitely think of that and that's why i like the crypto thing um definitely you know diversify with that if you have your wallet on your phone and there's a cell phone tower around chances are you're gonna have some internet too still get to your crypto at that point well they've also already done this um in testing environments but they've actually done bitcoin transactions over shortwave too you know i didn't even think about that uh-huh um, and we are i will say on our long-term 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 roadmap we are also looking at different kinds of things with like wi-fi mesh backup and satellite I mean, you know, cube sats and things like that. So we we're we are also looking at those types of things. But but here's the thing, and and this is what we don't know yet. Like, okay, so what are the what are the options for the commercial use of Starlink? So could we go through and piggy? Will Elon let us piggyback onto Starlink? And if we set up regional nodes that are connected directly to the satellite, I don't know. You tell me. Does that so? You know, I just think of it in terms of like, okay, what if this? This is how my brain works. So I'm always thinking like yeah. ten steps ahead. You know, there's lots of interesting ways that we can do things for backup, um, even in those cases. So if we had some regional Wi-Fi network that was powered by Starlink, running nodes for Tusk, it would never be shut down. And if those are solar powered, <laughs> you know, well, you know what I'm saying is that the the technology is coming to do all well, that think about this I, I i have a ham radio license right me too I, wor worse comes to worse i can hook a radio up to my computer and run a packet network right Correct. it's it'll be slow as crap and technically but, illegal yeah technically but it, technically technically but, yeah fcc's got to be here to stop you um well, but here's the thing. If you get to that point, right, there is not going to be an SEC walking around or the FCC walking exactly. around doing it. But There's but that's what I'm saying is, is the technology already exists. And so understand when people like, well, if the lights don't turn, I go, look, if the if the if we're like, let's say we go full. And by the way, as a, so I know a lot about the prepping world, right? If we go full EMP apocalypse, the last thing you're going to be worried about is your crypto. Uh, yeah, I'm not worried about my crypto at that point. Yeah, totally. No, not yeah. worried about my dollars. I'm not worried about my crypto. You have much bigger things to fry because because 90% of the population is going to die within the first year. So, <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's what's going to happen. Well, yeah, there's so, all the apocalypse hits, and then I'm not worried about crypto at that point. I'm worried about how I'm going to eat. 
Correct. Or, or not being eaten yourself. Or you not know? being and so, yeah. so, so outside that, I mean, the two big things you need to worry about is like, you know, the EMP and, you know, Yellowstone going full full crazy yeah. super volcano and guess what i'm dead too because you know everybody within 600 miles of that is incinerated so right. that's exactly. just the fact and then the world's into global you know nuclear winter from that so that's also not a good scenario but that's like an extinction level event so when we talk about extinction level events okay that's also the most so that's the worst case and least likely thing to really happen and affect exactly. you no know, no so you know what i tell people when it comes to like those i know we're going to you know kind of outside of crypto <laughs> a little bit but for most people lose 40 pounds and get out of debt if you do yeah. those two oh. things your life is going to be immensely better and don't even worry about the other stuff. If you, those two things for most people, that'll fix a lot of problems for them. You know, we were talking off offline and, and my audience knows, uh, I lost my job back in November. Uh, we had prepared for that, right? Because if you go through, and again, I know we're talking about prepping thing. We'll wrap that up really quick, but, um, you need to look at what's the most likely disaster to happen. Is it an EMP or are you losing your job? You're more likely to lose your job than an EMP because there's Correct. so many other factors that could cause you to lose your job. Uh, economy, well, inflation makes it too expensive for your company to continue business. So they just lay everybody off, um, go through all that stuff. So like you said, lose, lose some weight, you know, get, get out, out of debt. debt, get out of debt. Once you're there, work on everything else. Right. Because, you know, I lost my job. We weren't freaking out. You know, I sat there. I literally sat there while I, you know, at the at the exit of my job where they finally told me that, hey, we're closing your department down. And I'm like. That's, uh, you know, that's I knew I knew a couple of days before. But I'm like, no, it kind of sucks. I'd rather have a job than not have a job. But um, I have no mortgage, I have no debt. I'm not worried about, you know, how I'm going to pay bills. I got you know, my water, my power, um, uh, we have propane for heat, you know, how, how am I going to pay those bills? Um, and then if you prepare, like we said, diversify, put a little bit here, a little bit there, that way you can always get access to some type of, you know, of currency. Something, somebody will take it. <laughs> yeah, somebody will take it. Yeah, you'll find somebody to take it, right? I mean, currency is really, it's not what the government says it is. You know, I can hold you, I can hold a dollar bill up and say, hey, U.S. government says it's a dollar. I know. Cool. But I recognize 50 cents of that. So what do you, you do, do you know what? Well, I mean, think about this way. You know what a really strong currency is? Cigarettes in prison. Ramen noodles in prison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, there's, but they have like a system. They know what, yeah. how much the value of two cigarettes is in exactly. prison. Yeah. You know? And, and so it's like. Uh, you know, anything can be money if people are willing to accept it as such. And that's why people get kind of, well, what backs crypto? I'm like, the same thing that backs your dollars. What's it worth? Except it's more honest. Whatever I mean, you nothing, decided it is. Well, well, nothing backs dollars. So it's like, you know, it's just the, the full faith and credit of the United States. And I'm like, they're not very credible. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah they, because we've done some really awesome things. <laughs> but, 
you know, and, and so that's what I always tell people. I go, look, it's like, you know, the U.S. government is, in, in my opinion, not very credible. And so if you're trying to figure out, like, what backs crypto, I'm like the same thing that backs dollars, except crypto is more honest um, than those dollars, the way the dollars are managed. I mean, um, you know, I look at it this way, you know, being an FFL, if I was to sell a pistol to the U.S. government, they wouldn't be able to to get it because they wouldn't pass the background check for the crap that, that we've done. Um, but yet they're the ones that say what everything is worth. Um, but we'll get back off of all that stuff. I, I know the two of us will talk forever about that, but how do people get Tusk? Oh, that's pretty simple. So you have to buy it on an exchange and that's kind of like buying a stock on like a Fidelity or Schwab account. So if you've ever done that, but um, the easiest way to do that is uh, you go to our website at TUSC.network. That's TUSC.network. Um, and there's a button that says exchanges and you can click on one of those and buy them. Um, and so by the way, we're not involved with exchanges. We don't control exchanges. And we always recommend that if you do buy something on an exchange, make sure that you also set up a free Tusk wallet and then withdraw the coins that you buy and put them into the wallet that you control the, the seed phrase and the keys to. Um, so we always say, make sure you keep, you know, they always say this, uh, not your keys, not your crypto. And we mean that by your crypto yeah. keys. And that's the cryptographic key that allows you to access the wallet to move your coins around. Um, but yeah, so you just go to Tusk.network and you can set up a free account and then go to an exchange and you got to set up an account there and you can buy um, buy it there and then you can download them and put them into your wallet and you'll have Tusk and you can become part of the community. You can join our Telegram group or our Discord group and you also have voting rights. Awesome. Now we've been running uh, just a little bit over an hour. I've got already final question to ask you, and then you know I know it's it's late. Both of us have had some pretty long weeks this week. Um, talk a little bit about the twenty thousand dollars to GOA. Okay, so what we have done is we are creating a crypto endowment for GOA for funding. So we like GOA over some other gun rights organizations in this country that are a little more, uh, I don't know, a little corrupt or something. Um, but we've already always liked GOA. And so our community got together and we decided to literally um, at the SHOT Show, just about a month and a half ago, we did the the formal, you know, we literally did a dog and pony show with a big fake check, like Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah. It was kind of fun. Um, and so our community, uh, we have this treasury um, that uh, we call it the worker fund or the treasury pool. And um, so every time new tusks are created by our block producers, our validators, um, a little bit goes into that worker pool and that's what um, people can use to be developers or do marketing. And so this is really kind of neat and this is where we get to vote on things, right? I said, we keep talking about you can vote on stuff. So the only way Tusk comes out of that fund, I don't have the ability to take it out. None of, nobody that works on Tusk can just take any, we don't have any control over that account. So what we have to do is you have to literally create what they, it's kind of a pain in the butt actually, create a worker proposal and it says what you want to do, how much Tusk do you want to do it, how long is it going to take you to do it, and then it goes for a public vote. 
and then the community votes on it. And once it's approved, it pays out to the wallet. So um, wait, so our community decided to do that. Um, and we're waiting right now on GOA to set up their wallet. And we're going to be uh, pushing that proposal as soon as they're ready to do it. So, but we agreed to, you know, do $20,000 worth of Tusk. And I believe GOA is also going to be accepting Tusk for donations. Um, they just have to set up some infrastructure on their end. So that's what they're working on right now. So we're pretty psyched. And it's really kind of cool. It, and I got this from one of the board members of GOA. I don't know. Let's see if my camera will focus. I got this like challenge go. coin. Can you, let's see if it. It's kind of the California. There it goes. Right there. California. Gun owners of California. Yep. And then this is the the backside is pretty cool too. There you go. And this is a thank you given to me by one of the board members of GOA. And so I I, I find that's kind of cool, and I, I'm really happy to have that. So. Um, yeah, so we're real excited about working with GOA, and hopefully we'll be working with other gun rights organizations once this gets kind of, kind of already you know get it all figured out and they got basically they got to figure it out and we're working with them but once we get it all figured out for them and and they get that um i hope to do it with other projects you know that's the great thing about running this project and understand that tusk isn't a company right um we're a decentralized project meaning there's no ceo there's no one in charge i'm not in charge i'm not the boss i don't own it right it the community owns it and when you own tusk you're part of that community and so that's kind of the fun part about this is that we can do anything we want. If the community wants to donate it to orphans in, in the third world, we can donate money to orphans in the third yeah. world. Um, and so I always say that Tusk is somewhere between a nonprofit and a co-op is the best way I can describe co-op, meaning that yeah. we're voting and we're active participants in it. Nonprofit that we're not a business trying to make money. And so right. that's that's the difference. And so we don't actually have, for instance, or we don't have sales, right? We're not selling anything. Um, in fact, uh, if I want to get paid, because I don't get paid, I haven't been paid anything from Tusk. <laughs> but if I want to get paid, I have to put in a worker proposal sure. as well. They have to go through You're that process. A I am a volunteer. You are a volunteer, and and it's a pain in the butt some days. But uh, but we do work. <laughs> But I mean, it's like I do this because I love it. Like, I mean, I run a, I run a, I run a consulting company, right? My, my wife does really well with her company. Like, we, we're not doing tests to make money, right? I got, I make, I do fine with my day job, right? I'm not hurting. I'm not rich, but I'm not hurting. But I have the flexibility to work on this, and I believe in it. I think it's necessary. I honestly, this is going to sound like a crazy statement, but I believe this is necessary to save humanity. And I mean it because the stuff that it, and people that don't understand the technology that they did, they, they and most people don't care. They're busy. They're working. They're trying to make ends meet. They're trying to deal with like gas. Now it's costing a hundred bucks to fill your gas tank up. And, yeah. and, and like literally a hundred bucks for most people to fill their gas tank. It's like, it's ridiculous. And, and so people are busy. They don't want to think about crypto and all these weird technology things they don't get. Right. It's complicated shit. It really is. I'm in it. And I'm barely understanding it some days, <laughs> but it's like, um, but the problem is I do understand this enough because I know what's coming. I know what's coming from Facebook. I know what's coming from the government with these central business, you know, central bank digital currencies. They're going to create a technological and financial surveillance hell state. That's yeah. what they're creating with these tools. And I know that the only way, the only way we can combat that is creating and getting adoption of the tools that don't do what their tools are going to do. 
as an option, as a fallback, as, as plan B. And, and look, if it's Bitcoin and not Tusk that people want, great. You know what? At least there's that infrastructure. Because you know what? I have, I, by the way, I love Bitcoin. I have Bitcoin too. That's why I'm in this space. So I'm not anti-Bitcoin. Like I said earlier, I don't think Bitcoin's our competitor, right? We're complementary. I think Visa is my competitor. And, yeah. and so that's yeah. how I view it. But I really believe that these tools, these decentralized blockchain-based tools are the only life raft we have over the next five or 10 years. And if we don't start getting our heads out of our butts, it's going to, it's going to hurt society long-term. And, and I honestly believe that. And that's why I'm here doing this. You know, and I agree with that too, because if I didn't, you wouldn't, we wouldn't be here talking with each other um, tonight, recording this. Um, and it's what, after nine o'clock on a Friday night, and both of us could be doing other things and spending time with our family. But that's what I like about this is that we both agree on this thing that this is this is this needs to happen. People need to start learning about this stuff. And and I thank you so much for taking time out to, to talk to us tonight. Um, well, I well, I appreciate you having me and, and I like to talk to so um, but yeah, it's like I, I do appreciate the opportunity to talk about what we're doing and and we're not a big flashy project right We're I mean we're not out here saying hey you're gonna moon we're you're gonna be buy some doge or Shishibu Inu or whatever and you're gonna go to the moon. we're not doing that like yeah. we're like no let's talk about nfts and figuring how your business can you work with nfts and use them for marketing this is how your business can save fees by you know compared to visa and this is how tusk can be an insurance policy that's what we're focused on and by the way that's not sexy right everybody wants no, like once people wants lottery ticket we're not a lottery ticket and i'm not telling people we're a lottery ticket we're infrastructure to save people well and the greatest thing about your project is is education Right. I mean, it, if there's anything that you guys are doing, you know, for the whole the industry as a whole is education. People are learning about crypto. They're learning about, like you were saying, how do we save money on transaction fees? How do we not deal with a company who, quite frankly, doesn't want to do business with us anyway? Um, let's find ways around a broken system and just continue to work the way we want to stop paying the people that hate you exactly exactly if there's anything tonight that anybody has ever learned was that line that rob just said stop paying the people who hate you and and Rob, one more time, why don't you give everybody um, your website address um the the main website is tusc.network tusc.network that's tusk.network um and you can link up there's links there to our all our social media accounts uh there's links there to setting up a wallet a free wallet there's no charge um for doing that and if you're interested in buying tusks where to get that so tusc.network awesome. awesome and rob thanks again uh for all you guys that are either guys or girls uh because i only recognize two genders um <laughs> There, uh, there will be links down in the show notes below, uh, no matter where you're watching this, whether you're watching this on any of the video platforms or listening to it on the audio platforms down in the description, we'll have a link right there. So, uh, that way you don't have to remember, you can just click on it. And if you're driving, don't click and drive, you pull over and then go buy your Tusk coins. Rob, thanks. Thanks for joining me again tonight. Thank you. I had a really good time talking to Rob. 
we talked for about a half hour before the podcast and well we started really talking about the stuff we were going to talk about in the podcast so i was like hey rob let's stop let's start recording let's get into this and then you know afterwards we talked for probably about an hour um, we went all the way to 10 o'clock and you know it was getting late so we just kind of wrapped up and and just really i mean really had a good time rob and i have a lot of very complimentary um, opinions and thoughts about well economy um, currency politics and things like that so i hope you paid attention and i really hope that you do your research on cryptocurrency because quite frankly if you control the currency you control the population if you like the work that i do here please consider supporting me for free by shopping my affiliate links and banners at www.trb.fyi and while you're there if you want to make a direct donation to the channel you can do so right there it'll be on the right hand side of your screen a little farther down and you'll see where you can make a donation you can also support me on Patreon for as little as $1 per month. Thanks for listening. Hope you're staying safe out there. And I look forward to talking to you again soon.